Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. On this podcast, we will hear from women who are navigating the challenging and transformative journey of perimenopause and menopause. These women have graciously agreed to share their stories and insights, offering a raw and honest glimpse into what it's like to go through this major life transition. From hot flushes to rediscovering themselves, our guests will provide a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for anyone who's going through or will go through menopause. So grab a cup of tea, settle in and join us for a fascinating and enlightening discussion. And welcome to episode three of the Menopause Unplugged podcast. I am delighted today to be joined by my amazing guest, Larissa, all the way from Australia. How are you doing, Larissa? Are you okay? Good, love. Thank you. How are you? Great. I'm better, thank you. I have been struggling with a chest infection over the last couple of weeks, but getting there. So oh, I sound less choked. That's up. good, you're better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. Well, I started out with a hot flush, so that, I thought that was very appropriate. <laughs> If you need a minute, you just let me know. (laughs) So at what stage of the menopause are you in at the moment, Lynn? Um, I'm on my fourth round of not having a period now for about seven months. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, I went three other years in a row where I went about 10 months not having them and then they restarted. So quite an infrequent... So we would class that perimenopause. Yeah, those it's yeah it's it's it, they call it menopausal actually by the blood tests um, because they the the periods this is the fourth year that mainly I haven't you know they've been more stopped mm-hmm. than having one if you know what I mean yeah so I've only had a couple of periods you know, for the last four years each year probably in about two or three periods each year but it's just enough to not call it menopause complete you know postmenopause anyway. Yeah. Post-menopause. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So let's then rewind your story a little bit. When did you know yeah. your your menopausal symptoms kicking in then? At what point? Yeah, I felt they started around 36 to 38. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting uh, like hot flushes, uh, feeling... I was during my ovulation process. I was like having a lot of days of just feeling so nauseated. I could barely work, um, and strange headaches. My asthma really flared up a lot in these times as well. S- severe fatigue, and I, my immune system was shot to pieces. I, I kept catching every cold. Um, I also had a stroke at thirty-eight, um, which we don't really know what caused that, but but I was also having panic attacks as well. They just, I hadn't had them for decades and they just started back up. Oh, my. And so did I take it you didn't have anything underlying, like medically going on? No, they, they, no, they couldn't find anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then no they did a brain scan. Was, oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, was there not, there's no history of strokes or anything like that in your family then? Um, There actually is. My grandfather did die from a stroke. Um, just due to high blood pressure. And actually my blood pressure was quite high at the time because I'd had a, believe it or not, I had this three-year stalker, which wasn't helping things. 
So, you know, if anything, it may have just been the blood pressure, but combined with all the hormonal symptoms I was having, um, it was not an easy time at all. It hit very hard. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. So what what symptoms then? You think you you don't get hot flushes, but what other other symptoms do you suffer from, or have you suffered from? Um, as in now, or yeah, and um, just do you, mean, do you mean as in now? Yeah, the the symptoms of maintenance I have now is the hot flushes. The I sometimes have like days where I'm just I'm shaky. You know, I get like the shakes, so it feels like anxiety, but I'm not anxious, which is really weird. Um, but I remember a friend of mine who went through menopause before me. I, it's almost like notebook, textbook symptoms, you know, what she had that I've had. Um, but, yeah, the hot flushes, uh, as soon as I want to sleep, I might get a couple during the day, but during the night time I'll just get them one after another and it's just so hard to sleep. It's I don't know what it is. As soon as my body lays down, it just hot flushes just keep coming. Um, and then the weird headaches, Um I have terrible sleep. I'm always waking up, you know. I've got the fan running 24-7. Yeah, um, yeah and I'm drinking water a lot in my sleep as well. I normally go through a full water bottle, like a litre water bottle through my sleep. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that will cause disturbances because you're then getting up to go to the toilet, right? Exactly, yeah. That's the other bugger of it, yeah. Not ideal. So No, not at all. So with um, obviously going through menopause quite early on, you know, in your late 30s, what um, did you yeah. go and seek medical advice? Um, I did ask doctors um, and they, they just scoffed at the idea, you know, and it was quite bizarre because it was a lady doctor that I was speaking to and she was near 60, so obviously, you know, she'd, more than likely had gone through the whole process yeah. and just sort of wrote it off as, oh, no, 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 did you did you read about that somewhere, did you? And I said, oh, yeah, I did. And I said, but it's not so much that, it's more what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, no, no, they're not menopausal symptoms at all. N- nothing to do with hormones, she said, nothing. <laughs> oh, so she was just quite dismissive then? Very dismissive. Any doctor I've ever spoken to to this day, mm-hmm. even a female, I had a comment only a couple of days ago, and she turned around and said to me, oh, is that what you've read on the internet, have you? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, yeah, no, none of that's true. <laughs> Goodness. So, and that was a female doctor. Yeah. So to to this day then, have you not had any sort of medical support then from, from any doctor? No, none. Not from, not from a, you know, Western, no. I've only gone holistic and naturopaths. Yeah. Yeah. So... They did, they all scoffed at the idea. They they did a blood test uh, to say that oh yes you know you're in perimenopause, but you know then see you later you know go away and deal with it. Um, I couldn't have HRT because I did have cervical cancer when I was nineteen, I so there was a risk you know yeah and because of that stroke I had they said they can't put me on anything. There's nothing they can do for me medically. Okay, okay, so at least they considered HRT and um, hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, because of because of your history and so on, it's not an option. Yeah, no, no. So so let's talk a little bit more about the alternative therapies route then that you're that you're going down. What what um what have you explored then at the moment? 
Well, my first one was, uh, yeah, to go see a naturopath mm-hmm. um, and she gave me these Chinese liquid herbs, mm-hmm. uh, Shasta Berry and Shadabari, and they worked very well for like a good 10 years. Um, yeah, I took it for a long time. But then for some reason by the time I come to the, you know, getting towards the 10th year, just, I don't know, it's something just, I just stopped working for me. I can't even explain it, to be honest. I don't know why it is. I don't know. Yeah, I'll never know what that was, but I had to stop taking it. Yeah. Because I was actually having these acne breakouts like in my face, like full on. I'd wake up with a hundred pimples just overnight, you know, under my chin, around my face. It was just like, what? I did go through a weird stage in my mid-20s where I was just, I had severe pimples. You know, I never had them as a teenager. Yeah. Never had them. So I was just having a lot of times having this problem with acne just come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt it was hormonal, you know, because yeah. I ate pretty healthy. I wasn't, you know, like a binge chocolate eater or anything like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you see a dermatologist? So, also, sorry, love? Sorry, I was saying, did you see a dermatologist at all for your for your acne? Uh, no, no, I was never sent to one. I didn't even really think about it because I knew it was hormones, so I just sort of dealt with it in that way. Um, I did actually try that proactive too. That actually worked very well, yeah. Yeah, I've heard they've got quite good active ingredients in there for for tackling acne, actually. Um, Yeah, no, it worked brilliant. Excellent. So I take it that's all subsided now. You don't have those issues anymore. It's funny you should say that. It's only just been recently. So when I started taking the, I bought my last bottle of the Shastaberry, Shadavari, Shastaberry, it made me have this outbreak of pimples and I I immediately stopped the bottles. I thought, okay, something's not working now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I figured I might have probably maybe had a different hormonal situation. I don't know. Um, So I had to stop taking it and um, go back to using a pimple regime again. I hadn't used one for like 10 12 years mm-hmm. I hadn't had any problem with this sort of acne problem coming out and it's now it's just come back with a vengeance so so I, okay <clears throat> so now I'm dealing with that again now but yep. I just used like a a basic pimple you know uh, what do you call it? like a uh, you know uh, when you you put exfoliator pimple exfoliator yeah um and then just putting that Benzac Benzac cream over the top yeah where where I'd get the outbreaks yeah, I'm, and it's as you can see, my face at the moment is pretty good. Like it's not too bad. No, yeah, your skin looks great to me. <laughs> it's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so did I, I take it because the, the shift obviously in your hormones? Have you gone back to your natural to to see what else that they can assist? Yeah, I've gone to uh, acupuncturist, naturopath. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been doing some acupuncture, so that that's helped as well. Um, and also, she's given me some um, herbs. Uh, we've tried a few different things. Like uh, they say, you, you're classed as yin deficient when you're in your menopause, menopausal because you're the hot flushes. Now you, it's like the cauldron's empty and the, the flame's hot. You know what I mean? Your body's running like that. So they call that yin deficient. So we tried some of those tablets. I seem to have a bit of. Uh, a lot of food intolerances and I have allergies, so I have a bit of trouble with, you know, medications and natural stuff because um, I have allergies. Um, so unfortunately some of those products didn't work me. It actually gave me really bad headaches. Um, but it worked for the while I was taking it. Uh, I did try Fem Plus. That's another one. That did 
it got rid of the belly fat really well, but for some reason, as soon as I went up to two tablets, I started getting these hideous headaches and I had to get off it. And then even when I tried to start it back on one tablet, the, the hideous headache just started again. So I was like, oh, can't take it now. Mm-hmm. So I was really upset about that because that sort of really worked for me, taking that one tablet a day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But also dietary. I've learned a lot about diet and how foods can heal and, you know, eat your um, your plant uh, photo, photo, as they call them, phytoestrogens, I think Phytoestrogens, yes. Um, your soy based yeah. products. Yeah. Get, see, I'm allergic to soy, so I can't take soy. <laughs> but I have to eat, you know, a lot of leafy greens, uh, a lot of salads, you know, t- and, um, you know, eat healthy fish, salmon, tuna, you know, eat a lot of uh, – my diet's very healthy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It, How I gain weight, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, look. It goes to such a long way diet in um, helping you with your menopausal symptoms and your health yeah. overall, you know. Um, at the end of the day, these are nutrients that our body is screaming out for. So, no. That's right. Yeah. Just that. I think what's hard as well, um, I mean, as you get older, you find out all these other little underlying health problems, they seem to rear up mm-hmm. in this menopausal stage. Yeah. Because um, I've been told I've got a couple of autoimmune disorders now, fibro, um, trigeminal neuralgia, um, as I've had shingles a few times, or chickpox, um, and all these things, they seem to, it all flares up, you know, during this menopausal, like since 38 to now, I've just had one health problem after another. And it's just been awful. And I think for a lot of women that have who suffer a lot of different um, – I've also got a gene mutation. Um, they call it the mother-father gene right. um, as well, which means my body doesn't detox at 100%. Okay. So, you know, because I'm a very investigative type person, I don't just – you know, I'll ask the why all the time. I'm that type of person. So I've dug deep and found out all these other things that would be going on with me. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of women had the same problems, but I really strongly feel it's just the hormones doing it. And I, I believe once this stage passes for me, it'll all quieten down. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yes. Um, no, but yes, our hormones have so many, you know, so such a big part to play in all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's that daily struggle. You know, it's hour to hour, really, as most people would know <laughs> when you're going through this. Yeah. My dog's disappeared up to my lounge. <laughs> demon, come up here. He's a rescue husky. He came with his name and he's not a demon, but he's beautiful. He's a good boy. <laughs> Mummy caught you. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so I say today changes that. When we're talking about general lifestyle, what about um, exercise? Are you able to, have you been able to be active? Yeah, I make sure walking is my main, is my main exercise, is walking. Um, keep, always keep the body moving. I have sort of in the last two years been doing a bit of, you know, yoga and just doing more stretching. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, when you're bringing up children, I had four girls on my own, so you don't have much time for yourself, but I always used to walk because I'd take the kids to the park, you know, and I would do the exercise that way. But, you know, when you come, when the kids are getting older and you're still dealing with everything with the kids and you, you forget about yourself, you know what I mean? I didn't realise how important stretching was and how much 
that has helped me, especially with pain and inflammation mm. um, and my lower back problem, you know, which comes from having four babies. Uh, it just feels like when you go for menopause, everything's just all loose and, not, you know, you need to really make sure that you're, you're exercising regularly. You know, it has to be at least five times a week. Yeah. Um, because otherwise it just won't, it won't have an impact. It won't, you know, you won't get the effect. <clears throat> Absolutely. But I do weights as well. I do light weights and I go to the gym. I swim regularly as well. Amazing. Yeah. Great regime that you've got, Larissa. Yeah. Thanks, hon. It's hard though. Like it's not easy. Do you know what I mean? Some days I'm that, I'm that tired. I can barely drive myself to the gym, but I still push myself to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm that tired, I'll just, I'll just walk in the pool. You know, I'll just walk. I won't push myself. Do you know what I mean? But it's, so to me, I find it's, I mean, exercise has always been like my antidepressant. Mm -hmm. So in the time of menopause, it's been even more so. But the awful thing is you're so tired, you know, because you're not sleeping. Yeah. And you just have no energy. It's awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah. But taking vitamin Bs, you know, taking magnesium, they're the biggies that have done the, have definitely had a good effect just as a vitamin coming from a vitamin side of things. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think I think it's key that even when you don't have the energy that you're still, you know, you're still pushing that habit and you're still showing up. And even if you're like, you're like, you're yeah. elite, if, if you're just having a walk in the pool rather than doing a full, you know, however many lengths, it's still reinforcing yeah. that habit and keeping that. That's going. right. And so you're not falling off the wagon, which, you know, as a personal trainer um, is something that I advocate a lot, you know, just just go and reinforce yeah. it. Even if it's just 10 minutes walking on a treadmill. Exactly. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. I know I've, I've been a strong believer in that. My daughter's actually a PT as well. But it's that, that saying, you know, if you, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And it's just as basic as that. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. So obviously you're at a point now where everything kind of, under control as much as it can be when you yeah. when, when you were going through like the sort of rough patches of you know of your menopausal journey how did your how was yeah. your personal relationship affected um unfortunately through the the two larger relationships i had in between these time periods were quite toxic uh the partners were both narcissistic and controlling so it didn't do me well at all because I'm I'm a very confrontational person. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not afraid. I mean, it's not that I'm not afraid. I'll, I'll always speak my truth. N- not Nothing holds me back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So unfortunately the relationships become quite, you know, argumentative and volatile yeah. because I won't take a man's shit, to be honest. Just yeah. sorry to say that. But, I, you know, if they're just going to be outright just being toxic, well, sometimes, you know, I just know how to give it back. But what I didn't realise, you know, that wasn't doing me any favours. No. I was getting angry, worked up, you know, my cortisol levels would have gone through the roof, especially the last relationship I had up on so much belly fat and that is mm-hmm. definitely from cortisol, from all the stress because I've lost weight since not dating him now um, and just feeling generally calmer every day without having to be in fight and flight all the time, you know, and dealing with menopause. Yes. Oh, my God, it was just way too much. And when I look back now, I just think, yeah, no, I – I didn't have a good run with any of my relationships, to be honest, because I I didn't have the best childhood. So I had 
a lot of abuse in my childhood. So unfortunately, I was still attracting the wrong type of partners. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even through all my pregnancies, he, I, my kids' fathers, uh, my children's father, uh, he was bashing me. It was a terrible time. Like I've never experienced any time with all these hormonal changes. You know, to be honest, until actually now that I'm single. Mm-hmm. My last daughter just moved out last week, so I've like I've got the house to myself. So it's wonderful. <laughs> Yes, time to concentrate a little bit more on you now, isn't it? Time for that. Yeah, yeah. And knowing once you've cleaned the house, mm. it's actually going to stay clean. <laughs> I don't have to go out and re-clean it again. Apart <laughs> from the dogs, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole purpose of this podcast is to share, you know, share real woman's experience of the menopause because more than likely someone's going to say, Oh, I listened to that episode and, you know, I I recognise those symptoms or my mum went through those symptoms or, you know, I'm going yeah. through symptoms and, and it's that there is, you know, a way, a way through this. But if- Yeah, I think, and I will just say, just before I forget, is uh, when I went on to the sugar-free, dairy-free diet, uh-huh. that did the best thing for me ever. Sugar and dairy have got to go. It's no good. Yeah. No good at all. I mean, minimal, you know, you could get your carbs and sugar from carrots and beans and veggies and stuff like that, but the sugar-free, dairy-free diet is the best and eating lots of celery. (laughs) Celery's like nature's, you know, healing vegetable. (laughs) Amazing, yeah. I mean, you said as well that you've you've suffered quite a lot with allergy things, so do you think... Going dairy free and sugar free has obviously um, helped helped all of that as well. Yes, definitely, definitely, absolutely. Great. So, is there anything that you wish you had known before entering the menopause that you would like to share just now with us, with the listeners? Yes, the the main thing that I wish I'd known was the. The rate of muscle loss that you have going from yeah. 40s to your 50s, um, I had no idea it would be that rapid. I mean, I used to work out when I was younger, always had my home gym at home, always worked out, had a great tone. You know, it wasn't like bodybuilding, nothing like that, but just tone, you know, nice mm-hmm. butt, nice, everything's nice and tight. But in that last eight years and being in that toxic relationship, my muscle mass has just disappeared. You know, I've, I'm soft, I'm flabby. And it's like, oh, my God, it drives me nuts. If I did stop for a while there because I was getting vertigo. I mean, I had other problems. I had a couple of car accidents, a couple of falls at work. So I had yeah. other things going on, uh, which I had to stop exercising. But the rate of muscle loss is hideous. I, I say to anyone, if you're in your 30s, late 30s now, and you haven't started gym, start start yeah. gymming now. <laughs> and it's great for, you know, bone loss. It'll stop all that. It's great for so much just doing lightweight. So even if it's just circuit training mm-hmm. uh, and, and stick to it five days a week, even if you can do three days a week, that's still good. It'll stop that muscle mass loss. It was, you know, yeah, quite an eye-opener for me. Absolutely, yep. High-protein um, intake and, you know, some sort of resistance yeah. training is key. So just, just – Yeah, and the yeah. thing is that I couldn't take protein shakes because they gave me vertigo. So oh. not everybody can take the protein shakes. So I've had to take 
digestive enzymes because I found out in this last couple of years too that my body doesn't like to digest protein. And it is, as our, we age, it is harder for our stomachs to digest protein anyway. So I have to take these things called digestive enzymes before I have a meal because I need to at least eat 15 to 25 grams of protein per meal. Um, yeah. Otherwise, my body won't even digest it. It'll just go straight through me. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, another little thing I had to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is it. And this is all things that you find out, isn't it, as you're going, as you're, you know, as you're trying to Yeah, things. going through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what are, um, is there any other advice that you would that you would give to women? I think definitely another word of advice too is to, you know, keep up with your friends, you know, because that whole idea of, you know, like exactly what you said, you know, sharing each other's story, talking to each other about it is just helpful just doing that. Um, yeah. It's a very anxious you know, it's a stage that we go through. There's a lot of, you know, we don't know what's going on with the body. We, we, you know, I felt, you know, very freaked out of some of these symptoms when they all started happening. Um, mm. But if we all talk with each other, I think that's really good, you know, and the, and the, at least the three days a week exercise is good for your mental health. And I drink lots of water. You've got to drink lots of water because your body's on fire <laughs> from the hot flushes. So you need uh, lots of uh, rehydration. And I also drink coconut water. It's a great you know, sort of cellular rehydration. Mm -hmm. um, or you can put uh, Himalayan salt in your water bottle and it helps raise the pH, which is good for our body as well. So, yeah, my, my general journey has always been about dehydration. <laughs> I'm just one of those people I just run hot, you know. A hundred percent. And I was just talking about this yesterday that, um, you know, people complain when they start upping their hydration about, oh, I need to run to the toilet every two minutes. But, you know, our body is yeah. able to self-regulate and it's only it's only affecting you for a short period of time. Um, then your body That's will, right. yeah. you know, adjust, basically, and start working efficiently yeah. once you rehydrate it properly. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely yeah and that's true i've had a blood test done just to make sure everything's going excuse me fine and i've just had some recent tests just done the other day and everything's looking really good you know my homocysteine's four we checked for ceruloplasma and, and all this stuff that i'm learning from the naturopath um everything's starting to look a lot better now so i'm really happy about that but you know it's very important to get those blood tests done for that reassurance mm -hmm. um you know because like i said a lot's going on and we need to know you know, we're not we're not going crazy. <laughs> this is really happening, and there's actually, you know, we can help ourselves. I mean, like I said, I couldn't do much medical, but I had to do all the, you know, you know, like you said, keep up the exercise, drink the water, do all the healthy stuff, and it's, you know, the common sense, I suppose, isn't it, really? Yeah, and like you said, things that we should be doing right, you know, right through our, you know, twenties, thirties onwards, anyway, and um, yes. for optimism. Yes. Lovely. Well, it's been amazing speaking to you. Um, it's been a real joy to have you on, getting your experience. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, just to remind all the listeners that there is a new episode of the Menopause Unplugged podcast out every Friday. So make sure you are tuning in. But for now, it's bye from me and bye from Larissa. No worries. I'll see you later, love.
Thank you for tuning in to Menopause Unplugged. I hope you find the conversation to be informative, enlightening and empowering. Remember, menopause is a natural part of a woman's life journey, but it doesn't have to be a lonely one. Whether you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause, my menopause coaching programme can provide reassurance and guidance. Please do reach out to me through my contact details on the show description. And until next time, take care.